Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hello, everyone. Margie Taylor, Taylor SPR. Our show is Conroe Culture News, and we are at IRLoneStar.com, live streaming FM 104.5, 106.1 out of downtown Conroe City Hall, Lone Star Community Radio, also on Our City TV, Cable TV in Conroe. Uh, we are also Conroe Culture News, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live. So today we are featuring, it's going to be a conversation about veterans and resources and you know, I know it's a little late, but Veterans Day is every day. We should respect our veterans every day. So we're not really late. We're just extending it a little bit so that it's still on top of your mind. So the first segment will be Marcy Phillips. She is the commander of VFW 4709. And in the second segment will be Brian Talley. He's a podcast host, author of The Tally Bill, and a motivational speaker, U.S. Marine veteran. So we will hear from him in the second half. The show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sinisi Real Estate Group. Team Sinisi Real Estate Group can help you with investing, buying, selling, all of that. Just call him up, and he serves the greater Montgomery County as the best source for any of your real estate needs. 281-507-9777, Team Sinisi, because it's an easy name to remember. Roger Stein Chiropractic. They've been in business a very long time, and they are located at 3033 West Davis across from Conroe High School and by Taco Bell. Everybody knows where that is on 105 West Davis. So she helps people from infants to seniors, weekend athletes to professionals with a focus on natural holistic healing to not only relieve pain but achieve optimal health. She holds certifications in adjusting extremities, arm, legs, hands, feet, clinical nutrition, prenatal, and pediatric care. If you are not a patient already, it's under $30 to go see her for your first visit, and it all goes back to CASA and kids in CPS custody. So that is Roger Stein Chiropractic. So a few things happening around this. Don't you love the weather? I do. I turned on my heater today for the first time, and a very long time. Probably April, I think, was the last time. I forgot even how to turn it on. <laughs> so the weather is changing. It's a little rainy today, and we should have weather in the 50s this week. But then after that, next week is Thanksgiving. Can you believe it's Thanksgiving already? November usually just flies by. Well, so what's happening around us? The Conroe Art League is having their annual fine arts and craft sale at the Maidley Gallery, 11 to 4, and that starts tomorrow through Friday. You can pick up creative and original Christmas gifts while supporting local artists. So that's a good thing. CYT Houston is hosting the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella at the Crichton Theater. That opened last weekend, and that will continue Friday through Sunday with four four performances. They have a matinee and an evening performance on Saturday. And you can get tickets for that at cythouston.org. Not at the Crichton, so remember that. The annual 5K Turkey Trot hosted by the City of Conroe is this Saturday because, again, Thanksgiving is coming up, so they're having it this Saturday at the Carl Barton Jr. Park. The race begins at 9 a.m. You can register online at cityofconroe.org, and you could probably register right before the race starts at 9 a.m. as well out at the park. And I hope you have this on your calendar for the annual Christmas tree lighting and Christmas on May. That is happening the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, November 29th. It's always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, and it starts at 630. Both activities start at 630. The tree lighting, and then after the tree lighting, 
about 3,000 people go down to Christmas on Main, and it's unique. This is the sixth annual one where the vendors open up all their doors and they decorate their windows. You get to pick which one has the best window. You get little wooden tokens. Uh, you get tickets for a raffle that happens about 8.15 at, at Founders Plaza Park to win bikes and other goodies. There's Santa Claus at Mimi's on Main. There's refreshments, there's cookies, there's candy canes, uh, there's characters walking around like the Grinch. There, there's a lot of fun stuff. It's all entirely free. So you just walk the two blocks from Heritage Park and suddenly you're in a Christmas wonderland. So go and check that out. The tree lighting and the, and the Christmas on Main Tuesday, November 29th. So, um, Oh, and there's Clydesdales, too. You don't want to miss those huge, beautiful horses. That will also, you cannot miss that. So I just wanted to mention that. And one last thing. Did you know that you can have a Sunday brunch at the Red Brick Tavern and have a gospel music group playing? Yes, the Jim Sloan Band has been playing there for years, years, literally. It's on Sunday morning. And you never know what musical artist is going to jump in and play with them. It's fabulous. So... Shop local and get ready for the holidays. Here they come. We're going to take a quick break and be back with Marcy Phillips, commander of Post uh, VFW Post 4709. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at TeamSinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. And we are back. I'm sitting across from Marcy Phillips and the puppy, Beignet. Although I can't, I can't <laughs> see her. There the she table is. Now. She's hiding under the table. And uh, Marcy is the commander at uh, VFW Post 4709 here in Conroe. Yes. And so she's going to tell us a little bit about what you not, might already know and what you don't know and educate you about what what they do, what they represent in Conroe and for veterans. Yes. So, Marcy, first of all, um, where is it? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Um, we are just north of Candy Cane Park at 1303 West Siemens. We have a gigantic Vietnam-era helicopter out front on a stick. So uh, that's how you know you found us when you right find off a helicopter the feeder. on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> right past, is it right past Outback? Um, yes, yes, yes right past Outback and um, what's the other one? Um, saltgrass. Saltgrass. Take a ride. I think of the steak, but I can't <laughs> think of what it was called. Okay, salt, saltgrass. So it's right there. So who is the VFW open to? The VFW is open to everybody and just some people, depending on what you're going for. So the Veterans of Foreign Wars itself is for veterans who have had some type of service where they've re received an expeditionary medal 
hazardous or imminent duty pay. Um, so there's a huge list of criteria that may qualify somebody. They may not even realize if you spent 30 days in Korea, you qualify. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Because they signed a, they didn't sign a peace treaty. They just signed an armistice. So we, um, we actually. So as long as you've been deployed yes. out of the country. Yes, ma'am. Pretty much. Okay. Um, there's rumor that there's some imminent fire pay here. I've never seen it on any of our qualifications, but people are arguing that one right now. Um, if so, if they end up accepting that at national, it'll happen. We, um, are open to the public for our bingo, um, sessions and we have memberships to another part of the post for first responders and all honorably discharged veterans and family. So we've got a lot of different ways you can come on in and join us and and we're pretty open. We love to take care of our community. That's what we're here for. So, um, before we talk to about the bingo, let's, let's talk about you. Talk, talk to me about your service and all of that. Um, I was in the Army. I did eight years in communications. Absolutely loved it. I did one deployment to Iraq. Um, when my husband was injured, that's when I went ahead and finished up my enlistment and didn't re-enlist. So stayed home with him, and, yeah, he's doing great now. So, well, Very good. And how long have you been commander? Um, started in July. I've been in, in the VFW since 2006. But um, I took took over command, if you will, July 1. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. What do you say when people say that? Um, I'm honored. I truly am. I, I miss it. I'm honored to have served. And when people say thank you, those are the kind of people that, you know, we were proud to have served. Mm-hmm. There's not, not everyone is grateful. The people who are make it all worth it. I've heard some people say, well, the reply back is, you were worth it. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you my son one. always asks, what do I say, Mom? I said, you say thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's an honor is usually yeah. how I put yeah. it. So. Okay, so uh, talk, let's talk about bingo. When is bingo? So we have five different sessions, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7, another late night on Friday at 10.30, and then Sundays at 2. So, so. like four different times. Four different and so people just show up and they can play bingo just show up and play and win prizes and money and blah 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 money okay win money so the the good thing is you get part of the proceeds right the vfw hall does so texas lottery commission regulates charitable bingo here in texas and what we do is we take our proceeds in and those net proceeds afterwards go to a nonprofit. So we've supported many, many nonprofits here in the area with the proceeds from that. We can utilize the proceeds to help fix our aging building and things like that. A lot of the repairs that we've needed recently, bingo proceeds help with that. But we've also helped um, Sunny Creek Ranch, the Memorial Commission that's here in City Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of different nonprofits have benefited from our bingo sessions and from our bingo players coming in and having fun and spending a little bit of cash. So it's a good trendy thing even younger people are playing bingo oh, yes. now big time I, I know my son goes and plays bingo with he does in washington state and they win like salmon and shrimp and stuff oh that's interesting <laughs> but it's different but i mean what i'm saying is uh, you know it's good for anybody it is. and it gives back to um the veterans yes and then you then use it to operating you know your building right. or to help other nonprofits. yes so it's a good thing so I just wanted to mention that. But you also have other, I mean, you rent your hall? We do. We do hall rentals. Um, usually, most of the time it's Saturdays, but we've had some people during the week now that have started renting it out. Um, we've helped out some nonprofits, uh, Blue Star Moms and things like that, with a place to meet as well. Uh, during the day, we have a Vietnam veterans group that meets there twice a month. Um, so we do a lot of different things. Those, we don't charge rental on those once the membership approves it um anytime it's a veterans type nonprofit, we can usually get away with not charging um our membership loves to take care of those veterans groups um but the hall rentals like for weddings and things like that there is a charge we have a but it's members- not very much no it's it's very minimal compared to a lot of rental locations now granted we don't look as snazzy as conroe tower but um but we're there it's easier to get to it is that's true <laughs> and the parking's parking. easier yeah <laughs> but yeah there's a trade-off right. um but yeah we we enjoy being able to give people the the place to go to have that quinceanera or 
you know, their wedding or reception, or we've had a lot of birthday parties lately, like hmm. 80, 85th birthday parties. We've had a That's lot nice. of those. So it's been nice. Well, it's good. That's good to know. So let's talk about things, um, other things that y'all do that nobody knows about because it's not online or whatever. So right. you know the deep, dark secrets. The deep, dark secrets. Um, <laughs> the VFW is a veteran service organization. So what we do is we provide resources to help veterans and their families in the community get back on their feet or find what they need to find to get their claims or help them through a process that's difficult to navigate, whether it's getting enrolled in the VA or their GI Bill or something along those lines, or if it's something going on in their lives that they're struggling with. A lot of times we have vets come in at their worst and we Mm -hmm. don't advertise that. That's something that it's hard for us to put on Facebook. Um, I know I mentioned the other day uh, when I saw you, we had had um, two suicidal vets come in within a three-day period. And that's something that we don't advertise. It's we're there and we should advertise that we're there for people, but it's not always easy to say, hey, you know, we know that, you, that we know that we had someone in here and look at us. We helped this person. No, but maybe you but, could say we have resources to help you with correct. all of your needs, correct. something like that. And here's the number to call. Reach right. out to us. And if we can't help you, we'll direct you to right. someone who someone can. Someone who can. Yeah. And I mean, homelessness, we've helped a ton of vets, especially lately with hmm. bills um, to prevent eviction and, um, you know, to go go through different resources in addition to ourselves. So we So have, you partner with other right, nonprofits? Exactly. Like Tri-County. Do you partner um, with Tri-County? We work with Tri-County, Baker, Baker Ripley, um, Sunny Creek Ranch is one that we've partnered with a lot. I've watched them save lives, and it's been neat to see the transformations. And when we have someone that we can take and get them together and partner them with whatever resource mm-hmm. and then watch that person thrive afterwards it makes it's every, rewarding yes it makes every single sleepless minute worth it because we do lose some sleep over those guys we um whenever we have somebody who's going through a hard time we stay up with them we do whatever we can with them to help get them to the right so place. do you have a team of people that, with different uh, skill sets that can help we do veterans um, we have like our chaplain he's an ordained minister he's been the pastor of a church for over 10 years and written books on um on ptsd and with spouses and things like that he's helped with a lot of things and runs his own veterans nonprofit. so he's very in tune to the community as well um and what our veterans need. We have a list of people through, excuse me, department VFW that help with everything. Like I'm the department buddy poppy chairman. You know, what does that mean? People don't know what buddy poppies are. Um, But if you get a little red flower from from a VFW member, that's a buddy poppy. People don't know they're made by disabled veterans in hospitals. The pay, when we buy those flowers, we're paying for those veterans to have additional resources and things. We pay their bills. Um, any money that gets donated for a Buddy Poppy goes into our relief fund. And then that relief hmm. fund is used to pay those electric bills and car notes and prevent eviction for other veterans. So it comes full circle. And everyone thinks it's just a little red flower. It's a lot more than that. So, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do know the story of that. Did you? Yes, I do. Uh, so... I thought of something else to ask you, and it just popped out of my head. So do you help with people with with counseling and things like that, too? We help get them to the right counselors. Okay. We don't want to ever portray ourselves as counselors. Even though we have some people that are members that have that background, we want someone to be with a professional. Sure. And that's one of the things we facilitate. Um, There are a lot of our people that are good listeners. Mm-hmm. And can kind of help get the ball rolling and point people. Well, sometimes in the right that's direction. what you just need, though, right. as a good listener. Right. So whether it's suicide or PTSD or grief, even, you know, you can listen and then redirect if need be. Correct. Right? Correct. We have a lot of survivor's guilt that we mm-hmm. see, um, which is kind of one of those untold things as well. Like people don't like to admit that that's really what they're struggling with a lot of times and so whenever that comes through the door it we kind of point them in a different direction than we do someone 
who's suffering with their own PTSD and um, for different reasons. So a lot of times it's just kind of knowing the right way to, right place to put them. So survival guilt, that is something that you don't really hear about because you've been places that others have not and you push that back inside. Yes. It's, it's difficult to talk about um, whether you're the survivor or you're somebody who's caring for that survivor. Um, it's hard to get someone to come to terms with the fact that maybe they're still here to serve a purpose and um, there's a reason why they survived. Because a lot of times it feels like it would have been easier if you hadn't. So that's hard. It's a hard yeah. one. It is a hard one. And uh, yeah, people don't talk about that at all. Right. People don't talk about death really at all. No. I, I know that too. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. All right. So let's talk about dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about dogs all dogs. day. <laughs> <laughs> That's another unknown thing from the VFW. Um, she, This is Beignet under the table. I know you can't see her. She's my service dog. And um, the VFW provided her for free. Texas VFW sponsors service dogs for vets. And um, if you come into our post, there's these little video games. Anything from those video games goes to service dogs. And those games are throughout the state of Texas hmm. at a lot of different posts. And it's really kind of neat the way that we're set up. Um, she just won service dog of the year, second place service dog of the year. Um, my entire goal with putting her in, I had six people reach out and say, you've got to, you've got to apply. And I hesitated with the first five people. The sixth one put me over the edge and I went ahead <laughs> and applied. And um, the really neat thing was my goal with all of it was to educate other departments in the VFW of how we do our program so that they can see it and hopefully emulate that and help the veterans in those states as well. So through this process, I was able to get in front of the Hawaii, North Carolina, Alabama, and Oklahoma uh, department commanders. So whether or not we made a difference, I'm not sure if they're going to implement the same type bringing of program. awareness. Right. So if they don't implement that program, if they implement any type of program, these service dogs change lives. I, she helps me with seizure alerts, and I have not been in the ER for a seizure since I got her. How does so, she do that? Um, they went through a huge training process, had a lot to do with collecting my saliva, which is gross, and um, sent it on and trained her how to react to the chemical changes that happened um, whenever I would have those seizures. Um, so now Interesting. she gives me a little paw on the leg. If I don't listen, she jumps in my lap and won't let me up. She's, wow. She's very persistent. So... And so she goes everywhere, everywhere. She's even been to surgery with me. They don't let her into the surgical suite, but she goes to pre-op and post-op. So they have special little blanket they put on on top and she lays with me until I get about to go through the door. Then she, they pull her and that extra blanket off. And wow. Yeah. And it's pretty special. And I'm blessed with a lot of um, facilities that have been open and understanding of having a service dog. So, so how does one go about getting a service dog? Um, I can walk you what through the, the whole criteria? process. Um, the criteria is it changes. A lot of it has to do with what your needs are. Um, but you have to be able to care for the dog. We have had some people that don't have the ability from a home standpoint. Maybe they don't have a home as far as mm -hmm. like, a, you know, they're kind of staying couch surfing. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the most conducive So you need to be stable. Right. So you need to be pretty stable. Um Anyone who has had um, domestic abuse may still be eligible, depending on what it was. If you've had any animal abuse, you are not eligible. Um, if so it needs to be safe for the, yes, for the dog. Yes, safe environment for the dog. Yeah. She cost about sixty grand to train, total into her. And they don't want to put a dog with someone who um, may not be able to take care of the dog. And it could have helped another veteran. Mm -hmm. We can't turn out dogs as fast as the veterans need us. Um, but it is a matching criteria where they'll take, for example, I'm not going to run three miles a day and neither is she, 
But if there's a dog who needs to run three miles a day, they're going to go with a vet who is going to run. I don't run unless there's a dog chasing me. So it works out because she's lazy. So they make sure they pair everybody up really well. Yeah, the right match. Yes. <laughs> that, that's interesting. So do they contact the VFW if they, they were can. interested in finding out what the criteria is? Yes. So TexasVFW.org has a, a section on there um, called the Foundation. That foundation has an application process for the dogs, or they can just reach out to me. Uh, the VFW here, VFW 4709 Facebook page, you can call me on my cell. I don't care. I'll walk you through it um, to get you with the trainers and get you in front of the right people. So I'm happy so to help with that's it. That's very interesting. So what other little secrets do you have? So <laughs> the VFW has lots of secrets. Um, people don't realize. <laughs> you don't want to know all of them. Um, people don't realize how much we do for the community itself. Um, such as those nonprofits that we donate to. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of community events, and people don't realize they're open to the public. So July 4th, our picnic in the park, um, our trunk or treat. We just had over 300 kids come through the line and, and enjoy all those trunks full of candy and, and indoor things as well. We do um, indoor garage sales that people can come and hang hmm. out and and do whatever, and um, just a lot of different... Of course, you just had Veterans Day. Yes, Veterans Day. We Veterans Day kind of got squashed a little bit this year for us. Um, we always do a breakfast, f breakfast from 8 to 11, and then people go from there to the Memorial Park for, for their 11 o'clock. But this year, Memorial Park got moved to 9, so... It's just a little conflict. Very abbreviated breakfast this yeah. year. So we didn't do the full program that we normally do, but that's okay. We still served a lot of breakfast. Yeah. And um, got a lot of people back out there afterwards. So, so. anything upcoming? Um, we've got a lot upcoming. We've got um, for Christmas, well, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, we do lunch for veterans and families. Um, it is potluck style, but we provide all the meat and everything. Um, so come on down. It's at 2 o'clock on Thanksgiving and 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. We are here to help That's feed nice. our veterans in the community that, that maybe don't have family anymore. Yeah. A lot of our older vets don't have that. Um, we go to a lot of nursing homes, and we'll, we'll be gearing that up towards the holidays because they don't always have a lot of visitors. Um, hmm. So, like, Heritage Oaks has a – their honor club is 15 different veterans there, and we just love to go and love on them and spend some time with them. So that's always a lot of fun. Um, but we do 23 different commemorative dates throughout the year. And we like to make sure that, that we are honoring all of those veterans who, I like to say, they, you know, they were trailblazers. They kind of helped pave the way for us to have the benefits that we have. And without them and without the opportunity to learn from them and learn from what they went through, we wouldn't be as well received in the community mm -hmm. as we are. Um, our VFW has been around since 1945. Wow. And there was a whole lot of, you know, transitions whether it was the world war ii vets not loving on the vietnam vets the vietnam vets not loving on desert storm and you know kind of we've all learned from that different segments and yes, yes we've all learned from how we have those generational changes mm -hmm. and trying to be more receptive we're not the smoky old bar filled with old people who don't want anybody there we open up to bunko. Yeah, that's what I That's what we hear picture, all the time. Right? Um, we're not smoking yeah. in the bar people come on um okay but we've got bunko and Pocino and po Texas Hold'em on Fridays and all kinds of fun stuff. So we're open to community and family, and that's what we're here for. We have an auxiliary, and they are all about family. They are the family members and the backbone of our post. So come check us out. We'd, we'd love to have you. See it. Um, no, that sounds great. And uh, people should just come by, check it out. It's very yeah. easy to find. I mean, you cannot miss it right off the freeway right. with the helicopter out there in the parking lot. It's huge. Yes. And it's right before uh, a back entrance to Candy Cane Park right. before you go into the Conroe Senior Center. And uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about the VFW 4709. Thank you are you. very, I think you're very well known in the community because there's so. only a couple of VFW halls, there's aren't there? four in the county. I mean, there's one in Willis, the, right? No, that's an American Legion. Oh, that's American Legion. Um, okay. We've got uh, Porter, the Woodlands. We just opened one in Magnolia. They're brand new. Right. And then us. So 36,000 vets in Montgomery County and less than 2,000 in all four VFWs combined. So there's a lot more reach we can do. Mm -hmm. um, we need to really 
capture those vets, make sure that they know we're here for them and how we can help. So you can go to uh, vfw4709.org. Yes, ma'am. Or you can go to find you on Facebook. It's very easy. Put it in the search box. VFW4709. Yeah, easy to find. And our website's being upgraded, so don't hold that against us. Just go to Facebook. Send a message on Facebook or call the number. (laughs) Something like that. Well, thank you very much, Marcy. And uh, your time is very much appreciated, and you're making a difference in the community and beyond. Thank you. So are you. We appreciate you. So are you, Beignet. (laughs) (laughs) Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Bell Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit, began in 2014 with a mission to strengthen the future of veterans through leadership and entrepreneurship training. We've invested over 1,400 hours of training in our veterans while connecting them with community entrepreneurs and leaders. Our mission is to continue investing who have given so much for our country. Please join us in our mission by visiting vellinstitute.org. That's V-E-L-Institute.org. Hey, tune in to The Bridge Podcast TX Tuesdays at 11 a.m. where we are connecting commerce with community, interviewing business owners and leaders in the community, allowing the audience to peek behind the curtain of what inspires, motivates, drives these individuals to have meaningful, positive impact in this community. For more information about the show, log in to IRLoneStar.com slash TBPTX. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, A Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids are removed from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, 
music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, Brian, this is Margie. Thank you for coming on to the show remotely. We're also sitting here with uh, Marcy Phillips, who's the commander of Post 4709, BFW Post 4709 in Conroe. Uh, this is Brian Talley, who's author of The Talley Bill, a podcast host. So how's it going, Brian? Thank you for having me, Margie. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. I don't know if it's still raining, but of course it has been. And we were talking earlier how I'd turn on my heater for the first time since, I don't know, April, something like that. <laughs> me too. I, 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 I got I to come out and be honest. I told my wife, you got to crank that heater up. I'm at my office and I'm freezing. Right, right, yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit of background about yourself. Um, you know, I was, uh, I, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I, I grew up with, uh, uh, with my mom and my brother, um, and, uh, you know, a, a single, you know, parent home and, uh, would end up moving. So I would grow up in San Diego and I would move to Colorado in high school and uh, I'd go through my high school years there. And then after that, I would join the United States Marine Corps and served my country, would get out as a sergeant, and then after the military service, I started a family, settled down, and uh, was essentially living the American dream with four beautiful kids, a wife of over 20 years, a successful business, and then January of 2016 came, and that kind of changed the course of my life forever. What happened? I was uh, in severe pain one day, and uh, in it's pain that you cannot describe, a, a pain that, that literally put me on the uh, floor of my bathroom where I was trying to find relief from the cold tiles. Uh, my body was going through something I, I, I had never experienced before. My bladder wasn't working, um, and, and, and the pain, again, was indescribable. My wife took me to the VA emergency room in Loma Linda, California, uh, where they diagnosed me with having a low back sprain, which was crazy because I never had any trauma. Uh, at, at that time, they just injected me with Dilaudid and methocarbamol and Kinelog and sent me home with a bag of pills. Um, this would go on uh, for uh, four months. Um, as I was dying in a chair, um, eating up to about 40 pills a day uh, that was prescribed out of about 15 different pill bottles that my wife would have to administer uh, to me um, and uh, to keep me alive, essentially. And I, 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 felt, I felt like a prisoner in my own home living in a chair, you know, again, as I was dying uh, and we didn't know why. We did not know why the, the VA was, neg uh, was negligent. And a, a series of medical malpractice actions um, would end up occurring over that four-month period uh, that that nearly killed me. So, what did you do? Well, um, after you know, my wife advocated for me heavily uh, in not knowing how to be an advocate. She was just a wife and a mother, um, and uh, you know. <clears throat> You know, she thought she was doing everything the right way. Um, a series of blood tests were denied. A series of MRIs were denied. Uh, so we finally went out in town. She said, enough is enough. I was opened up by a private physician in downtown San Diego at Scripps Hospital, uh, where they found a surprise on the operating table as they opened up my back and found that I, I had been uh, being eaten alive by a bone-eating staph infection that was aggressively eating my spine and my my bladder and a kidney uh again for four months and very lucky to be alive as my well, several infectious disease doctors said i should that it should have went septic within about 10 to 14 days and i should have passed and and my family would have been left uh, you know without their champion and and, and their leader and the family their father uh, so pretty scary yeah, it's very <clears throat> emotional you know sure. time of my life you know you know to go to go through all that but i'm very grateful and i'm a man of gratitude that i've been given a second lease on life here to kind well of and you have because you're making a difference 
you're moving forward yeah. and making a difference to other lives. Let's talk about that. How did you decide to write the tally bill? After the medical malpractice and negligence occurred within the VA, uh, we uh, filed a tort claim for the losses and the permanent injuries that I've been left with. I mean, I still have surgeries up to this day, and, and it's been seven years uh, since uh, this January. It'll be seven years since everything kind of, you know, changed, uh, you know, the course of our lives. Um, we filed a tort claim. I lost my business. We lost our livelihood, um, my, my, my life savings. Um, you know everything we accumulated a lot of debt my wife did everything she could to stave off financial ruin um, the VA did claim full responsibility for the malpractice uh, that resulted in permanent injuries and in nearly my death um, at the one-year mark they reversed course after they stated that they were going to be settling my claim and they blamed it all on a 74-year VA legal loophole that shields the VA from paying any rightful compensation to veterans that have been injured in VA hospitals if they find that the clinician involved in the care or lack thereof is an independent contractor that the U.S. government is no longer responsible uh, for paying out the settlements to veterans that have been injured due to no fault of their own. Um, so the more I looked into this, I looked into this, uh, it, the more it opened my eyes as this was about as egregious of a loophole that, that you could ever imagine. Um, the government has a, a lot of independent contractors that are working within the halls and the walls inside our nation's VA hospitals and clinics, but you don't know who they are because everybody in the VA hospital, they all have VA doctor's codes, they all have VA badges, they see VA, you know, VA, you know, uh, you know, patients, and everything about that would make them a employee of the U.S. federal government. However, uh, these uh, clinicians and doctors, the majority of them are independent contractors for a reason, because the VA is no is not responsible um, if they commit errors um, or emissions on uh, the veteran population. That's pretty so, scary. Oh, yeah, it is. So if a veteran is injured, um, the, the majority of them in, uh, that occur for medical malpractice, it t t typically it results in death. Um, so nobody has the energy to move forward on a claim after, uh, you know, something has happened as like medical malpractice that would cause death. Uh, you know, the next of kin, uh, the, the exhausting uh, me uh, measures that, that are needed to go forward with all these claims are very painstaking, if you will. Um, I was a lucky one. I ended up surviving, but it came at a cost. The cost is pain, severe pain. You know, like I said, the loss of my livelihood, the loss of an internal organ, um, and, and multiple surgeries on my spine that will, you know, forever leave, uh, leave me in, in permanent pain. But the crazy thing is, is that if a VA employee is actually found to be guilty of this medical malpractice incident, the VA is responsible for paying out that compensation. However, this loophole has become so, so. So, so bulletproof and, and, and so um, it, it works in the VA's favor to the point to where they like having these independent contractors in there because all they need to do is put one independent contractor in, anywhere in your case. Like in my case, there was like 12 clinicians that all failed to meet the standard of care and there was a breach in liability. So I had one independent contractor on my case. So they were able to put that one independent contractor in a group of 12 other cl uh, clinicians that all failed to meet the standard of care, blame her, throw her under the bus, do an about face, leave me and my family holding the bag while the other 11 clinicians were free and clear. So now they don't even need to report that as a VA medical malpractice incident because the person they held responsible is an independent contractor. So if it's an independent contractor, the incident never even happened. So that's how the VA waters down their annual numbers when they report uh, these VA medical malpractice claims. Additionally, the way the loophole works is that the VA held onto this crucial information until my state statute of limitations ran. Uh, they dropped a letter denying everything based on a technicality, and then that's when they stated that they were not going to be settling my claim because the, the person that hurt me 
you know, they landed on an independent contractor. So the law states that I need to sue that clinician in state court. The day that they dropped that letter to me, uh, they had watched the clock. And uh, the day I got that letter, it was three days beyond my state statute of limitations. So the federal government essentially um, put a honorable family on their knees, four beautiful, great children, an awesome wife. I mean, an all-American family. They they destroyed uh, by this loophole, by again, with, with, uh, withholding this information, again, stripping me of my right to due process in federal court and state court, no accountability, and no justice and no legal recourse. So I was left one of the biggest cases in the VA, um, having gone through some of the most trying times in my life with the medical malpractice, and now they had thrown legal malpractice on me and were really operating in a very criminal and fraudulent type way. So what have you done in the tally bill to change things? When all this happened, I contacted my congressman in in San Diego. Uh, Very soon after, I showed him all the evidence and everything that had happened. And see, the VA, my case went public. It, it, It became a national news story. So the VA put out messages all the time on the news saying that they were, you know, again, the guilty party here. And, and, and they ran this as long as they could. And then at the very end, they said, oh, nope, it's an independent contractor. So this is something that the VA didn't, you know, dispute. They agreed that it was bad. So I went to my congressman. Well, he was indicted not long after this happened on federal charges. So he was forced out of Congress. Really? Me, the biggest, hmm. the, the biggest case in the the, the biggest VA case in the country, and I didn't no longer have a member of Congress. So everything that could have gone wrong in my case did. And at this time, I was a broken man, bro- broken physically, broken emotionally, broken mentally, losing everything. Um, and, and fear and anxiety and depression riddled my broken body to the point to where it became very, very difficult for me to even make it through the day. And at times I nearly thought I wouldn't make it through the day as the pain was so, so hard on me going through everything that I was going through. But one day I decided to get up and to get 1% better. And that and that started in 2018, about two and a half years after this had all uh, started. Um, I, I said, if I don't have a congressman, I, I'm going to become my own member of Congress. It's just not going to come with a paycheck. It's going to come with sacrifice and, and literally standing up for the good of the country um, uh, to, to protect 20.2 million American veterans that are now at risk of this loophole. So I drafted my own bill. I picked up a law book. Um, I drafted my own bill. I created a, a grassroots team behind me. I took a red-eye flight out of San Diego to Washington, D.C., where I delivered my bill to the very steps of the Capitol building, where I would walk the halls of Congress going door-to-door urging lawmakers to change an outdated law that has destroyed the lives of veterans and their families for generations. And through my hard work and my tenacity, I was able to get four bills introduced in a period of three and a half years and successfully lobbied Congress in the most divided, divided House and Senate our nation has ever seen to bring Democrats and Republicans to the same table and to play the adult in the room at times, to to beg them to come together for the good of the country, for the betterment of 20 million American veterans who, who don't deserve to be treated this way once they've been injured due to no fault of their own. And again, through the grace of God and a lot of prayer and, and again, the tenacious efforts, um, I was able to earn a seat at the table being a a citizen advocate and and have a lobby in a very effective way that that was sincere and and genuine and meaningful for everybody to to fully understand just – how dangerous this loophole was, and, and uh, you know, through uh, through these efforts, 
um, uh, I, I, I was, uh, uh, we got the bill passed in, on January 5th of 2021. Uh, President Trump signed my bill into law that closed this loophole. So now the VA uh, can no longer hold on to this crucial information on purpose to protect their, their independent contractors, essentially. And now, now they must come clear with the employment statuses of all these clinicians that are working unidentified in these VA hospitals. So now uh, the, vet, the veterans will have their due process rights uh, reinstated, um, as, as well as the employment status of the clinicians that hurt them. So they know what route to take uh, to file, uh, whether in state court or federal court, when these medical malpractice incidents happen. So they can no longer good. cherry, right. cherry pick these, uh, these clinicians to, uh, to their advantage and save the, the VA literally billions of dollars annually in paying out rightful compensation to veterans that have either been killed or permanently injured. So this is uh, the Tally Bill VA Employment Transparency Act, H.R. 4526. Is that correct? Yeah, so I had four bills. I had H.R. 7105. I had Senate Bill 4883. Mm-hmm. I had Senate Bill, uh, no, You've I had been House busy. Bill 4526 and then House Bill 3813. Four I had bills. Several, several champions in Congress to include, uh, you know, Mark Levin, or uh, Mike Levin, uh, Mark Meadows uh, were uh, were two of my biggest champions, um, you know. And, and then I, I mean, I think I had over fifty, uh, you know, co uh, co sponsors through through four bills in, in two different Congresses. I worked the hundred and fifteenth Congress and the hundred and sixteenth Congress, and pretty much became the name and the face of VA policy. And I, th- <laughs> Again, I think you've done a great you know, job, yes, of pushing it through. We're running out of time here, Brian, because we had to try to um, scurry to get you on the phone because you weren't able to make it in person. But I want to talk about this extensively, possibly at, at another time. But if they want to research this, you they can find out by briantally.com. Is that correct? Where they yes, can find I, out I the- have a website. Yeah, that's uh, briantally.com, mm-hmm. and, and, and then if they want to find out more about the case and everything that happened, uh, they could just do two Google searches, one Brian Talley, U.S. Marine veteran, mm-hmm. uh, or they could search uh, Brian Talley, uh, VA medical malpractice, and there's thousands of stories out there literally, and, you know, from the, uh, you know, from your local news to your national news to all the mil- uh, military articles to, you know, to a lot of the the legal stuff, you know, from attorneys posting and, and doing their own write-ups and stuff on it because the law did change and the law, the law has never been modified since 1946. So it was a big, it was it's a big, a big uh, deal. So I'm going to have to uh, close out this session of our show and I appreciate the information. Uh, want to give a shout out to Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sinise Real Estate group for their sponsorship and brian i appreciate you coming on and we will talk a little bit more um on another monday when you can come in and share your story thank you very much i appreciate it thank you ma'am